Hello, this is Marcin from Poland and you're listening to Everybody ESL. Welcome to episode 106 of Everybody ESL, the podcast for everybody who wants to improve their English, practice their English, or just learn more English. My name is Ben, and I have another good episode for you today. We're going to talk about grammar and vocabulary and small talk and a lot more. You can subscribe to the Everybody ESL podcast at Apple Podcasts, on the Stitcher app, and wherever you find your podcasts. If you like Everybody ESL, leave it a good review so other people can find out about it too. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for me, please send an email to everybodyesl at gmail.com. Okay, let's get on with this episode. For our vocabulary list today, I'm going to do something I should have done a long time ago, because there are some things that podcasts are perfect for. Podcasts are perfect for talking about sound. Some words are easy to define and describe with other words. Dictionaries are full of definitions and descriptions like that but some words are very difficult to define or describe with other words. It's much easier to define them by using sounds. That is what I'm going to do today. I am going to teach you some great words that describe different kinds of sounds, and I'm going to play some examples of those sounds for you. The first word is beep. Beep. B-E-E-P. What is a beep? A beep is a high-pitched sound that is made by some kind of machine or electronic device. Do you see what I mean? That definition, the one that uses words like most definitions, is probably not too helpful. If you don't know what a beep sounds like, I don't think that definition will really help you very much. So here are a bunch of different kinds of beeps. The next word on our list is squeak. Squeak. S-Q-U-E-A-K. Squeak. What is a squeak? A squeak is another kind of high-pitched sound. And when I hear the word squeak, I think of two things. I think of a small animal, like a mouse, or a bat, or maybe a kitten. And I think of something rubbing against something else. A squeak sounds like this. The next word is buzz. B-U-Z-Z, buzz. A buzz, or a buzzing sound, is a kind of vibration. Again, 
Trying to use words to explain this is not easy, and I don't even think I should try. Instead, I will play you some good buzz sounds. The next word is bang. B-A-N-G. Bang. A bang is the sound of one hard thing hitting another hard thing. Like this. The next word is creak. C-R-E-A-K. Creak. A creak is a kind of rough sound that happens when two wooden things or two metal things rub together. The perfect example of a creak is an old door opening or closing, like this. And the next word is rumble. R-U-M-B-L-E. A rumble is a low rolling sound. When I think of rumble, I think of thunder, or an earthquake, or an old engine, or a sound like this. The next word is crinkle. C-R-I-N-K-L-E. Crinkle. Crinkle is the sound or the action of something thin, like paper or aluminum foil, being folded or being crushed. Here is an example of a crinkle or crinkling sound. And the last word on our list of hard-to-define sound words is crackle. C-R-A-C-K-L-E. Crackle. When I hear the word crackle, I think of two things. I think of fire, and I think of something thin and stiff, breaking or cracking or shattering. For instance, maybe the sound of ice on top of a frozen pond cracking. If someone steps on that ice, the ice might crack or crackle. And here's a good example of a crackling sound. And that is this episode's vocabulary list. Keep your ears open. You might hear some of these special sound words soon. Today's grammar lesson is part four in our series about count and non-count nouns. If you would like to listen to parts one through three or to go back and review them, you can find them in episodes 97, 100, and 103. I think this part is going to be the last part of the series, and I think it is the most complicated part of the series. And here is why it's so complicated. There are many, many nouns that can be count nouns and non-count nouns. They have different meanings, sometimes slightly different meanings, when they are used as 
a count noun or a non-count noun. Let me give you a great example of what I'm talking about. It's a word that I mentioned in the last part in the series. The word is coffee. Coffee can be a count noun and a non-count noun. Usually, it is a non-count noun. Coffee names a certain kind of substance. It names a stuff. So you can pour some coffee into a glass, or you can pour coffee into the sink. Coffee is a material. It's a kind of thing. It doesn't come in separate units. Or I should say, sometimes it doesn't come in separate units. Because sometimes it definitely comes in individual units, in individual amounts. And that's why you can go to a coffee shop and order three coffees. Three coffees. There it sounds just like any count noun. You can count a number of coffees, and you can use numbers and plural forms when using coffee. How many coffees do you drink every day? Oh, I think probably I drink two or three coffees most days. So in this case, coffee means a cup of coffee, a single separate serving or portion of coffee. So we can use this word both ways. It can be used as a non-count noun to describe this substance or this material, this kind of thing. And it can also be used as a count noun to describe a serving of this substance or a portion of this substance. Here's another example of this same kind of thing. The word chicken. C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Chicken. Chicken can be a count noun and a non-count noun. When it is a count noun, it means a certain kind of bird. So you can look outside and count five chickens. Or you can say, when I was a child, I had two pet chickens. You can use it with numbers, you can count it, and it has a plural form. But chicken is also often used as a non-count noun. And in this case, it means the meat of a chicken, or the meat that comes from a chicken. So in this form, it doesn't make any sense to use a plural. If someone says, what did you eat for dinner last night? You really can't say, we ate chickens. That would mean we took more than one chicken and killed them and ate those chickens. So what you would normally say is, we ate chicken. In other words, we ate this kind of meat. Notice that meat is also a non-count noun. I don't want to give you the idea that it's only words that have to do with eating or drinking that can be count nouns and non-count nouns. This is actually very, very common. For instance, the word love can be a count noun and a non-count noun. The word friendship can be a count noun and a non-count noun. The word war can be a count noun and a non-count noun. And in each of those different forms, these words mean slightly different things. So I apologize for telling you this thing that is very complicated and could be very confusing. 
But I do think it's important for you to know that some nouns can be count nouns and non-count nouns with slightly different meanings. Well, that is the end of our series about count nouns and non-count nouns. I think it's possible that I will come back to this subject in the future. It's an important subject, and it is pretty confusing. And if you have any more questions about count nouns and non-count nouns, let me know, and maybe I will make part five of the series. Today's small talk topic, or social situation, is the kind of situation you might have found yourself in. Here in the United States, people often find themselves in this situation during election season. Here's the situation I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of a stranger coming to my house and knocking on my door or ringing my doorbell. Now, this stranger might want to give me information about a candidate. Or the stranger might want me to buy something or donate money to some important cause. Or the stranger might be asking my opinion about some topic. Well, if you find yourself in this situation and you don't want to discuss your opinion or donate money or buy something or listen to information about a candidate, what do you say? What do you do? How do you respond? Well, I think this one is easy. I think you can say one of these two things. You can say, I'm sorry, I'm very busy right now, but thank you, goodbye. Or you can say, I'm sorry, I'm not interested, but thank you, goodbye. Now, notice something here. I think you have no obligation to give money or buy something or share your opinion or listen to this person's information. So it's fine to say, no, I'm busy, or I'm not interested. But I do think you have an obligation to be polite. So that's why I'm suggesting that you say, I'm sorry, and thank you, and goodbye. There's no reason to be rude to this stranger, but you don't need to give this stranger your time or your money if you don't want to. So if you find yourself in this situation, and you don't want to give money, or buy something, or give your opinion, or have a conversation, that's fine. Just say that in a polite way. It's really as simple as that. And now it's time for the joke of the week. Finally, it's here. It's here at last, the joke of the week. A joke that is probably not very funny, but it could still tell us something interesting about English. And here is this week's joke. What does a snowman wear on his head? What does a snowman wear on his head? Well, you know that it's a joke, so the answer is probably not a hat, because that's not very funny. There's no way that's funny. So what is the answer? Well, I'll tell you. What does a snowman wear on his head? An ice cap. An ice cap. Do you know what an ice cap is? Ice cap means a large layer or a big expanse of ice that covers the North Pole 
or the south pole of the planet. That's what ice cap usually means. But here in this joke, ice cap sounds like it could be a cap or a hat made out of ice. That sounds like the kind of thing a snowman might wear. So what does a snowman wear on his head? An ice cap! An ice cap! Yay! An ice cap! It's quiz time. I have five sentences here, and I'm going to read each one pretty quickly. I'm going to read each one at a normal, natural, conversational speed. And when I do, it might be difficult for you to understand every word that I'm saying. But do your best, and go back and listen to the sentences as many times as you like. After I read each sentence quickly, I'm going to read them again much more slowly, and I will make sure to explain any interesting or unusual vocabulary or grammar. Okay, are you ready? See how well you do listening to these sentences. Sentence number one. The kids had fun making two snowmen the last time it snowed. The kids had fun making two snowmen the last time it snowed. Sentence number two. That strange squeak turned out to be a mouse. That strange squeak turned out to be a mouse. Sentence number three. Do you have time to hear about a candidate for the city council? Do you have time to hear about a candidate for the city council? Sentence number four. Yesterday I bought a coffee for each of my coworkers. Yesterday I bought a coffee for each of my coworkers. Sentence number five. When the teacher got angry, she hit her desk and made a loud bang. When the teacher got angry, she hit her desk and made a loud bang. Okay, so how did you do when I read the sentences that quickly? Was it difficult? Was it difficult to hear each word? Let's try it again, this time when I read the sentences much more slowly. Sentence number one. The kids had fun making two snowmen the last time it snowed. The kids had fun making two snowmen the last time it snowed. Notice here that the plural of snowman is snowmen, S-N-O-W-M-E-N. The kids had fun making two snowmen the last time it snowed. Sentence number two. That strange squeak turned out to be a mouse. That strange squeak turned out to be a mouse. Do you know that phrasal verb, turn out? To turn out means to have a certain result. Another very similar and very common phrasal verb is to end up. You could say, that strange squeak ended up being a mouse. That was the conclusion. That was the result. That was the answer. Sentence number three. Do you have time to hear about a candidate for the city council 
do you have time to hear about a candidate for the city council? Candidate here is C-A-N-D-I-D-A-T-E. And a candidate is somebody who is running for some kind of office, somebody who is participating in an election. A city council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L, is the group of people who make important decisions about a city, about how to run a city. Sentence number four. Yesterday, I bought a coffee for each of my co-workers. Yesterday, I bought a coffee for each of my co-workers. Here's an example of a noun that can be a count noun or a non-count noun. Coffee. In this sentence, I used it as a count noun. So I said, I bought a coffee. I bought one coffee for each of my co-workers. I bought one portion of coffee, one cup of coffee, one serving of coffee for each of my co-workers. And sentence number five. When the teacher got angry, she hit her desk and made a loud bang. When the teacher got angry, she hit her desk and made a loud bang. Okay, well that is this episode's listening quiz. How did you do? And that's the end of the episode. Remember, if you have any questions about English, or if you have comments or suggestions about the podcast, or if you would like to record an introduction that I can use at the beginning of future episodes, the same way Martin recorded the introduction you heard at the beginning of this episode, send an email to everybodyesl at gmail.com. I'll be back soon with another episode, and until then, keep going, keep practicing, and keep learning. Goodbye. I'll see you soon. 